Woman in Love, August 18th, 2021. The massive basilica in Vesely stands as a protective presence over the entire valley. This ancient stone abbey rises in the near distance on a jutting promontory and can be seen for miles and miles in any direction. It rises proud and tall on a hill tumbled with green trees. Two pointed bell towers pierce the sky. The sight of it is arresting. I've seen it hundreds of times and it never fails to stop me in my tracks. It stills even the breath in my lungs. There is a road running directly below my flat that leads to the basilica. It is a pilgrim's path and every few hundred feet you can see a gleaming copper seashell implanted in the pavement. The seashell is a sign that you are following the pilgrimage of Santiago de Compostela all the way to Spain. I watch pilgrims every day from my window, travelers with backpacks and poles. They only rarely look up and see me, perched on the wide kitchen windowsill, saluting them. The basilica was built for Saint Marie de Madeleine, Mary Magdalene. The books I am writing here are under her guidance. These books carry secrets, ancient wisdom known to those who have followed their soul's long, steep path of discipline and devotion. This soul path of light is a pilgrimage into the wild beauty of the human experience. This path has grown and spiraled over lifetimes, yielding the most wondrous understandings of the magic encoded in our humanity. Marie, along with many others here, carry memories of ancient times, tracing a lineage that stretches far, far back to Isis and to Hathor. Mary Magdalene was quite the woman. She loved Jesus dearly. To follow him, to become a woman disciple, she had to fly in the face of tradition. At this time, a faithful woman, a knowing woman, an unflinching woman, was one of the most dangerous, hunted creatures in society. Nevertheless, she walked next to him and she healed the sick and wounded and weary. She stayed near him while he was crucified and she never looked away. I imagine that in the worst moments, he met her eyes and found strength. She was the first to find Jesus when he exited his tomb on the third day. He walked up behind her as she was sobbing into her arms. Miriam, he said softly. Mary. He was so radiant, more light than flesh, that for the first time in their lives, she couldn't touch him. Mary Magdalene presides over this valley. Her energy infuses the air, the water, the grass, the stone paths that lead toward her stronghold. When she lived, she was a saint and an adept and a high priestess. She was an accomplished scholar, an independent woman of means, a mother and a refugee, a world traveler and a renowned beauty. Mary Magdalene had mastered the arts of the body and soul with an energy that was unlike any other in the history of this planet. She was Kali Ma, the mistress of the void, the riven golden lioness, and the radiant Isis all in one. She was a queen and a sorceress and a mother. Her electrifying energy lives here in this valley. 
and so it is here that I write her books. These are books of light that bring the old, old secrets back to life for those who are ready to hear again. But Mary Magdalene, for so long she was a distant figure in my prayers. I couldn't relate to this perfect woman, this lofty queen, the powerful Sekhmet, the many-armed Kali Ma. Though I know she guided me, held me, watched over me in this place where her relics lived and her spirit walked, she was so perfect, so remote, that I could not connect with her. I couldn't feel her anywhere in my body. I felt like a fraud writing these books that carried her energy and her words when I had no idea who she was. In truth, I resented her. I resented her perfection. Then I heard a story of her, and I thought, ah, now this is a woman I can love. The crucifixion of Jesus was an ancient rite of passage. Every moment of his crucifixion, every archetypal image that we see depicted in reliefs, conveys deep secrets of our humanity. Right now, though, I turn to the quiet, unsung heroine of this story. I turn to Mary Magdalene and the role she played in the resurrection of Christ. When her beloved Jesus was crucified, she knelt in his tomb by his still and silent form. She took his wounds into her own conscious body and healed them with the force of her love. This is how he became resurrected. Yesterday, I talked to my friend Claire. She was crying because she had never forgiven her father. She knew her whole life that he, a war survivor, had been in immense pain, and that was why he had abused her. He had disconnected from his heart because it hurt too much to feel the things it was feeling. As a child, out of love, she tried taking his pain onto herself. She thought that if she could hold his pain for him, he would heal. This is the impulse of women in love. We want to take on the pain of those around us. We cannot help it. When we love, this desire is as natural as breathing. Now, in my heart, I can feel how Mary Magdalene is this love, this devotion. After the story of the crucifixion, I began thinking of her as the one who took on the wound. This was a woman I could relate to. Beyond the sorceress and the lioness and the tantric queen, she became, simply, the one who loved so much that she brought the pain of humanity into her own body to be fully felt and thus fully healed. I was suddenly confronted with the enormity of her love to do such a thing. This is the kind of love that resurrects. I used to work with a shaman assisting in medicine ceremonies. In these ceremonies, I was a handmaiden of light. The medicine was magic, yes. It brought us visions of other worlds, other lifetimes, other beings. It pulled aside the veil and offered glimpses of a new spectrum of reality. This was very wondrous. But I truly believe that the real magic in those ceremonies was simply the way we loved and cared for each other in those moments when all of our defenses were stripped away. Through all of the swirling visions and magic, the power I brought to those suffering was in just being me. Through it all, I was just me, just Kate, sitting at the side of another human being while they finally confronted the thing that was keeping them from receiving love. In those moments, 
I wasn't a shaman or a priestess or a goddess or a handmaiden, but simply a human being who wouldn't turn away from them in their pain. I would sit with people in the depths of their suffering, and I would witness. I would listen to every word of the horror stories that they shared of brutality and abuse. These stories would pour forth putrid from their mouths as though they were lancing old and festering wounds. I caught their pain in a bucket and I held their bodies in my arms. I stroked the hair back from their face so it wouldn't become soiled. I let them know it wasn't their fault. I let them know they were precious. I let them know they didn't deserve any of the pain they had been given. I let them know they were good and brave and pure and strong. I let them know it was all over now. It was time to rest and be healed. The medicine made me feel it all, though. As I sat next to them, I felt their fear, their nausea, and their horror in my own body. I saw the visions they shared as if they were my own. Suddenly, it wasn't their pain anymore. It was ours. The pain was familiar because it was my own. So, I whispered to them the words that Mother Mary had whispered to me all those months ago as I lay curled up in an agony of fear on a crackling mattress in the middle of the night. At that time, the visions were flying at me, threatening to engulf me, to take me over. That night, the shaman, my teacher, had given me a mantra to practice. It was one word, welcome. So that night, I said it over and over again. I whimpered, welcome, to all of it, the bats and the beauty and the dragons and the specters of death and torture that rose in my inner vision. Through this agony of fear, Mother Mary took me onto her lap. She rocked me back and forth, back and forth. That night, sitting on her lap, I learned what love truly is. Mother Mary showed me a love beyond anger, beyond judgment, beyond criticism, beyond fear. I asked her so many agonized questions. I kept expecting her to turn away from me as I asked again and again different versions of the one simple question, do you really love me? No matter how many times I asked, she didn't turn away. In the darkness, curled on that mattress, I heard her speak to me through my own voice. I heard my own voice whispering the words I needed to hear. So later, I showed them, these other human beings who were me. I rocked them back and forth and back and forth. I said, you're precious. You're good. It wasn't your fault. You didn't deserve it. You deserve only love, only gentleness, only tenderness. You are brave and pure and strong. I love you, every part of you. There is nothing about you that is too much or not enough. I will never leave you. I will never be tired of you. Never, never, never. You can always turn to me and I will be here, always. This is love. And this, I finally understood, is why so many people turn away from love. To love means to feel everything and whisper, welcome. Receiving love for the first time is like bringing warmth into frozen limbs. It tingles. It hurts. When Jesus talks about healing, he says, 
suffer the angels to enter you. It is a form of suffering to expand that much. To love means to finally allow yourself to feel again. And when you do, suddenly there is no barrier between you and the world. I went to the Basilica this morning because someone had told me there would be Qigong there in the Rose Garden. I had never tried Qigong before, but somehow I knew that I had to go. So I tied up my hair and rode my bike up the long, long hill that debouched into the base of the towering basilica. I wove my way through the cobbled streets and entered her rose garden just as the sun was breaking from behind a wall of clouds. The roses bloomed bright and unabashed, opening indecently and spilling their heedless scent into the air. As I stepped into the garden, breathing the perfume of countless roses, I came upon a man holding a cloth bag of staves. Thus, I was initiated into Qigong. The man was French, knowing only a small amount of English. When he gave commands, translated just for me, it felt like poetry. The kind of poetry that speaks depths with a few simple words. In the same way, the movements of this Qigong practice were so simple and so fluid but each one was heavy with intention. And take this stave in your hands. Hold it this way, soft fingers. Hold it in front of you, then turn it upwards, now to the side. Rub the energy of the earth over your body. Breathe in, breathe out. We moved slowly, so slowly it felt like agony. I wanted to scream. I felt everything. I felt every time my feet had pounded the pavement on my training runs for marathons and, when that wasn't enough for me, ultra marathons. I felt the impact of every dive to the ground I'd taken in the sports I've played over the years. I felt each time I tumbled over the handlebars of my mountain bike and every time I had fallen off a horse. I felt as well the unspeakable number of times my innermost sanctum had been violated by unworthy men, both with and without my permission. I felt the impact of every word they'd spoken to me, every time their hands, eyes, and ripping mouths had found my body. I felt every word of hate and scorn and judgment I'd sent to my belly, my thighs, my shoulders, my face, and my slender stem-like neck that holds the flower of my head. I felt the years of denying this body the life-giving, nourishing food it needed. I felt, as I moved through air that had suddenly turned to molasses, the tension standing out in every single one of my muscles. Every. Single. One. I felt the years and years and years of the overriding drive that had put my body on high alert. They had built up tension in every cell of my being. This body, this light made flesh. The word came into my mind like a hawk spearing a mouse in its talons. The word was precise, penetrating, and undeniable. Abuse. It was abuse that I had perpetrated against my beautiful body and its natural rhythms and needs. It was abuse that others had perpetrated against it. In the face of this abuse, I had forced it to go harder, achieve more, to win again and again. 
I had willed it not to be weak, that most horrifying, most unacceptable of pejoratives. And through it all, it did. My body gave and gave and gave. I have medals that attest to its giving. In Italian, the word, the imperative for give, is die. Die. Give. Die. Give. Die. To die is to give what is not natural for you to give. To give what is not natural is to die. I held the stave in both hands, my feet spread wide, and with unbearable slowness, under the triumphant gaze of Mary Magdalene, I turned. I paused with my front knee bent, my eyes looking back at the upraised heel behind me. I stood in a lunge with the stave held in loose fingers, vertical in front of me, as though warding off a blow. In that moment, I promised my lovely, holy body never again. I whispered to it with the voice that Mother Mary taught me so long ago. You deserve gentleness. You deserve tenderness. You deserve care and slowness. You deserve to be nurtured and held. You will never be touched again with anything but love. Never again. I promised myself, never again. Witness now my love. Witness my resurrection. To love is to feel everything. This is what Mary Magdalene did for Jesus. And I know she did it for Jesus. She wasn't thinking of the ancient initiatic rite of crucifixion or the role she was playing for the ascension of humanity. No. She was thinking only of the man in front of her, the one she had held and cared for and kissed and fallen asleep against, this human man that she loved more than anyone in the world. She took his pain into her body and she healed it. Because of that one act of mad, reckless, brave, unconditional love, she showed us how to restore ourselves into wholeness. Nothing was more powerful than her love. Not even death. Maybe I'll change my epithet for her. She is the one who took on the wound, yes, and that resonates deeply. But maybe, upon reflection, she is perhaps something much simpler and much much more piercing. Mary Magdalene, a woman in love.